The Day the Piano Went Up the Hill by Dennis M. Noblock, former mayor of Valmire, Illinois. A selection from Building Alliances for Climate Action, published by the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, 2021. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Valmire is in southern Illinois, about 35 miles southeast of St. Louis. The town was built near a towering river bluff, about four miles from the Mississippi River. In the late 1960s, I heard stories about World War II in my high school history class. Even though that happened less than 25 years earlier, I considered it ancient history. That is how it was with flooding, too. I had never stood in flood water myself, so Val Myers' flooding in the 1940s seemed like ancient history to me. A series of floods hit Val Myers in the 1940s. People used boats to travel on Main Street. Graduation was canceled in 1943, with Val Myers High School grounds under three feet of water. When the water receded, residents shoveled out the mud, scrubbed the walls, and moved back in. The Mississippi had other ideas. It flooded again in 1944 and 1947. This was more than the residents and farmers could handle. They rallied their elected representatives, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers had built a 35-mile-long earthen levee by 1950. It protected the county's entire 60,000-acre floodplain. The Corps touted the levee as one of the best it had ever built. For many years, it protected Valmire. In the early 1980s, my wife and I settled in Valmire to raise our three children. About that time, FEMA rolled into town with a fresh set of flood maps. Adopting the maps would let us all purchase flood insurance, but it would also bring some major restrictions. Any new buildings in Valmire would have to be at least one foot above the base flood elevation. On average, that would put new buildings 10 feet above the ground. That meant the end of growth in this community. I was amused to note the new maps showed that water from a hundred-year flood would cover first base on our park's baseball diamond, but not third base. How ridiculous! I was not shy about telling anyone from FEMA what I thought about their maps. Our levee had protected the area since 1950, and we had no reason to think that would change. A village committee tried to overturn these regulations but we did not make much progress. In 1989, I ran for mayor to help lead the battle against FEMA and the floodplain regulations. I was elected to my second term in April 1993. At that time, river levels were higher than normal, but we had no immediate concern. In June, that changed. A weather front stalled and it rained day after day. 
river levels rose, and by July we started to fight the Mississippi River in earnest. Our firehouse was converted to a flood command center. Every day before work, residents would stop by the FCC to check on the river level and the levee's status. A group of retirees came by each morning for a daily dose of information and fresh coffee. I had total faith in our levee system. I was sure that before long, the river and our lives would return to normal. There was no reason to leave town or even pack up. My feet were dry and they would stay that way. One morning, I told the coffee group about a battle brewing in my house. Several years earlier, we had purchased a new piano. It was the centerpiece of our living room. Every day, my wife reminded me that she did not want anything to happen to this beautiful piano. She felt that if floodwaters came, I would be too busy to save it. I told her that we were still protected by that well-built levee and our piano would stay dry. I wanted all our residents to stay positive and fight hard to beat the rising river. If they saw the mayor packing his things and hauling them to higher ground, that could be devastating. Every day I would tell them, the piano is still in our living room and that's where it's going to stay. On July 25th, the Mississippi was 16 and a half feet over flood stage nearby, and sand boils were concerning. Some surrounding towns called for evacuation, and we wondered if we should do the same. That afternoon, we issued a voluntary evacuation order. We told residents that it would make sense to pack valuables and furniture and move them to higher ground. We still had no concern about the levee, but why not safeguard our cherished possessions? In a matter of minutes, my wife called the command center. Friends with trucks had just arrived at our house to help us move our possessions. I told her no, but she insisted. They removed several truckloads of furniture from our home that day. The next morning, when our coffee drinkers rolled in, they asked me about the piano as usual. I looked at them and said, sorry, but yesterday the piano went up the hill. They walked out the door and went home to pack. On August 1st, the river was 19 and a half feet over flood stage. It began to overtop a levee about 10 miles north of town. By August 2nd, water started rolling into Valmire. It took three days to fill the 60,000 acre river basin. By August 4th, our town had water up to 16 feet deep with swift currents and large floating debris. Much of the town was underwater for over two months. We found later that more than 90% of our structures were substantially damaged and that park on the east side of town, first base was underwater and third base was dry. FEMA representatives were quick to call that to my attention. As a community, we met in a nearby town. 
Many people said they never wanted to be part of this type of disaster again. A local planner suggested that we move the town. Many citizens felt this was a crazy idea, but it might be the only way to save Valmeyer. We decided to do some research. We eventually discussed the idea in a series of meetings. Most of our residents said they would support the move. In weeks, we brought more than 100 residents to the table. We gave them the task of planning their new town. We identified a plot of land about one and a half miles from the former location and, more importantly, 400 feet higher. In less than two months, we completed a preliminary plan for moving Valmeyer to higher ground. One week later, I testified before Congress about our plans. Looking for support, I knocked on doors in Washington and in our state capital, Springfield. By December 1993, about four months after the flood, state and federal officials helped break ground for the new town. However, our plans would fail if we could not get buyout funds for our flooded properties. By mid-1994, we secured the necessary funding to install utility systems at the new site, funding for buying out our old properties and funding to demolish them and return the site to green space. By the end of 1995, residents began moving into their new homes. Much of the relocation was completed the next year. Many students in Valmeyer schools now regard stories of the 1993 flood as ancient history. I hope that this and future generations will study history and learn from the experiences of their ancestors. Moving Valmeyer to higher ground was not easy and recovery took longer than expected, but we saved the town and increased our population. Looking back, we feel we made the right decision. One thing is for certain. When Valmeyer residents hear a knock on their door today, they don't have to worry that it's their destructive and uncontrollable former neighbor, the Mississippi River. End of The Day the Piano Went Up the Hill by Dennis M. Noblock former mayor of Valmeyer, Illinois. Read for LibriVox by Sue Anderson.